0: Uh, So, good morning, everybody. Um, Most of you guys know me, but for those that don't, I'm Casey Dawson. Um, That's my wife, Naomi, in the second row over here. Um, To to give you guys an idea right off the bat, uh, I tend to be the mouth, she tends to be the brains of this organization. So, (laughs) Um, so today, for our youth takeover, the, the first thing we wanted to do today was introduce our group. Um, As you can see, uh, introducing Cultivate 3G um, along with our verse, and I'll be going over all of this as as we get through. Um, We can actually go right to the next slide. So we'll start with our name. Um, So Cultivate 3G. Uh, This was actually voted on by the kids during our last event. Um, We had a couple of choices out there, like uh, Cultivate Overgrowth, Cultivate Vine and Branches, things like that. Uh, But Cultivate 3G was the one that stuck, and I know it's a little hard to see, but uh, next to it we've got like a wireless signal going on, and the three sets of it are games, gospel, and growth. Um, This was the the choice that they came up with. This is the one that they felt really encaptured the the youth group the best. Um, If we head to our next slide, thank you. Uh, Along with this name, we also chose a verse, and the the verse that we went with was, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain joined to me and I to you, you will bear plenty of fruit, from John 15, verse 5. Uh, We chose this verse and the name because, as a group, we're trying to remain rooted in God to grow and bear fruit. Our growth in the spirit is rooted in our connection to God, the gospel, and to each other through the games and whatnot that we play and and do uh, the first Sunday of each month, plus some random ones here and there. Um, yeah. So, our vision for this was a group of youth finding the soil to spread their deep roots and to bear rich fruit in South Jersey um, our idea was to continue the work of Cultivate Kids to help the kids take root in the gospel and to continue to grow and find out where God wants them to grow personally Um, To give you an idea, I guess I should share why I personally came up with this, uh, why why I personally was willing to do this, why I was willing to step up. Uh, So in my own church, when I grew up, I was a Lutheran. um, And we had a youth group for the longest time, but at age 13, that was the end of it, that just finished. You were expected to be old enough to sit in service, but young enough to not be taken seriously. And... (laughs) Uh, for those for those that don't know, around 12 years old, you, uh, we do um, our, our confirmation. Uh, we confirm that, that we wanted to stay as part of the family. And I had maybe 12 or 13 other kids about my age. Um, and within a year of confirmation, there were four of us left. Mainly because of the fact that we didn't have a place that was our own in the church. Um I felt like the thing that was missing the most as I was growing up, the thing that like killed me about it and that made most of my friends in the church disappear was the fact that they didn't have a part of the family that felt like theirs. Um, I mean, sure, the adults were like, yeah, yeah, you're definitely part of the family. Now sit down, be quiet, and listen. Um, so I wanted to give them a place where we can come and they can have people to talk to that are their own age where... This first session, uh, Naomi and I came up with the ideas. Um, our next set for what we're going to after the summer um, will be entirely student-driven or kid-driven. They're going to be helping us pick our topics where we're going to go. Um, uh, it's it's similar to Jay's, actually. We took our inspiration from Jay. We're going to be doing a kid's version of the Gospel End, touching specifically on themes that are important to them. Um, they're going to help pick what our Gospel end is going to discuss. Um, So as you can see, our first picture here, uh, this was our very first hero event, I guess we'll call it. We picked heroes from the Bible and this one was David versus Goliath. Uh, That's at the front of the church. I don't know if you guys can see, that's a nine foot tall picture and we had the kids with it. Um, They basically had to try to take down Goliath using water balloons and a giant slingshot. Um, The giant slingshot is actually going to make a reprise again today, so you guys are going to have a chance to see that. Um, If we move on to our second photo, uh, let's see, in a moment. (laughs) Um, The idea of each of these is that we based it on different heroes and their strengths and weaknesses. Good, perfect. So this is another one with David, uh, David the Brave still. Uh, this one, they were blindfolded and told that they were going to stick their hands in something sticky and gross and that they had to find army men. Uh, it's full of like the gel, water beads, pasta, beans, stuff like that, and then these army men, and they had to find them completely blindfolded, as many as they could. Um, they they were pretty good about it. Uh, the two in the picture there are actually friends of Guppy, who um, brings quite a few kids with them every week, and I love that. So we've got uh, new faces every week for our... Uh, for our different events, uh, if we move on. This one didn't go like we planned. <laughs> yeah, so this was during our set for Jacob. Um, we did Jacob the Cunning, and the idea was that um, Jacob did what he had to to, to win, right? That was, that was one of his strengths, was that he actually did what he could, so we had expected the kids, this was, I don't know if you guys can recognize it, but this is a giant um, chutes and ladders, basically, that went the entire length of the basement, came all the way upstairs, and then ended at the preschool doors. So that gave you an idea of how long it is. Uh, this picture was taken when we finally decided to give up. That's, that's how far we made it. <laughs> uh, most of the group was not willing to abandon each other. Every now and then we had one or two that would break off for a little bit, but then choose to rejoin the group later. Um, not every game goes perfectly but it's still played fun <laughs> if we move on to our next one uh, this one on the other hand was based on a Mission Impossible theme for Moses the Miracle Maker um, the, the guy that did things that should have been impossible again and again and again uh, so this was a blindfolded basically Minesweeper all those papers on the ground the kids had to be able to get through blindfolded and the rest of their team was the one guiding them uh, I was amazed at how well this one worked. Uh, the kids were fantastic at figuring it out. They really worked well together. Um, there were times where like, th- there were spots in it that if you had ended up in it, you weren't really supposed to be able to get out without having to completely backtrack. And the kids found amazing solutions to get around it and manage their way straight out including um, Alan at one point had Jess take a uh, leap of faith to go to the entire end of the the map from a stuck point and managed it. It was awesome. Um, Completely threw me off. I was not expecting that one. Uh, We've had some other interesting games. This one here was uh, Living Battleship. So (laughs) we took the two dividers that are downstairs split it up in the middle, had the teams on each side. You could be anywhere on the map you wanted, but you couldn't move, and you had to lay on your back. From there, they each had balls that they had to throw over the top of the dividers to try to hit the other side. Um, This one was actually part of Jacob the Stubborn. It didn't exactly work as well, so um, it didn't follow the theme as close as the next game will, but the, the idea of this one was games that were almost impossible to win. Um because uh, this this whole point was that Jacob was constantly fighting God to the point of literally wrestling with him um so uh, with this one here it was you couldn't see anything you had no way to really know where they are and unlike the normal battleship game where you get to know where your previous hits uh, and misses were this one you're throwing blindly in the dark um so it made a unique game. It turned out really well. Uh, th- that one worked well. And if we head to the next one, this one was particularly cruel, I think. <laughs> um, uh, if you can tell, it kind of looks like Pac-Man. Um, and Pac-Man had a major disadvantage. Pac-Man had to crawl the entire way in order to collect the coins that are on each of the little spots that you can see. And there were, I think, seven of the power-up balls that would stop the ghosts. So one team had Pac-Man out on the field. The other side, the other team, was the ghosts. The ghosts could run, walk, you know, anything they wanted to get to Pac-Man. The only thing they had to do is if he touched one of the balls or she touched one of the balls, they had to stop for five seconds. That's it. You can't crawl very far in five seconds. (laughs) Um, it was it was unique, and the, the point of this game was that struggling in the face of adversity, yes, is uh, something that, that is a very American thing to do, um, but when we're struggling in the face of God's plans, you're never going to succeed. It um, doesn't matter how hard you fight it, God's way will win out in the end, so going against it is not going to help there. Um, and the, the kids really did enjoy this game, even though... At the same time, they definitely hated it. What would you say, Guppy? Would you agree with that assessment that it was a good game, but at the same time, incredibly frustrating? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if we go to our last slide. So, besides our Saturdays at the beginning of the month, um, every now and then we try to have extra events. Uh, for near Halloween, we went to a Haunted Hay Ride. Um, just this past month, we did a video game night. And these are actually our winners of the gold and silver controllers. We took a page out of John's book. Um, <laughs> yep, so uh, we got some controllers there, our first and second place winners. Um, they're going to have to compete to hold on to their titles the next time we have a video game night. So they'll have to bring those back, and, and we'll keep going. But yeah, so uh, as a matter of fact, that's, uh, that's Frankie. That's another one of our boys that um, Guppy brings, and Frankie has been with us literally every single time since he's first shown up. Um he even called me on the last one and was like I don't think I can come, you know, I'm in the hospital. I don't know if I'll be able to be there in time. And then I get a message from him like an hour beforehand. They just released me. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Awesome." So, I mean, that's why the, you can see he had a wrap on his arm in the photo. Um that's, that's something that something had happened with his arm, but he's doing good now and he's back with us. He was here uh, last night. Um so that's, that's what we've been trying to bring for them. Uh, let me see. For how we roll. Um, <laughs> the idea is we pick a biblical hero for the current set. Um, we're focusing on the heroes, and so far we've done da- uh, David, Jacob, and Moses. Um, in May, we're going to start um, both mine and Naomi's personal favorite, uh, Samson, which, I mean, as we can tell, that's where I got the long hair from. <laughs> We go with a strength and a weakness. Uh, the biblical hero has a relatable strength and a relatable weakness that you know we all struggle with. Um, for example, David's bravery and Jacob's pride. Uh, we talk about certain points in the hero's life, the strengths and weaknesses that they reveal, and then by looking at these strengths and weaknesses, we see how it reveal uh, what it reveals about our journey in faith and with God. Um, the third step is are connection questions. We have at least one, sometimes more, depending. Um, and we usually tend to open with these. Like, uh, for example, uh, what's the most amazing thing you've, uh, any of you have ever seen? Or um, what are you most afraid of and why? And then these tend to connect to the the theme of the night. Um, They connect the strengths and weaknesses to each of the kids personally as well as ourselves and I try to make sure I have a story for them for each one so that way there's something related to me so they see I'm not just, you know, coming up with these out of the blue. Um, And then we discuss it and it allows everybody to share a little bit about themselves and really get to know each other. Um, And then finally we have our connection games. We play a lot of games that are for fun but also because they're a great way to learn and experience what it is that we're specifically talking about. Um, so Naomi tries exceptionally hard to make it where each game is not only fun but connected to the theme. I'm talking, like I said, we showed you quite a few. We showed how they were related to the themes. All of those are ones that she's been coming up with on our own. Uh, particularly difficult because sometimes we look it up we're like, oh, are there any games that you know we can play with kids for this? And then the games that come up are like, play Duck, Duck, Goose, but play it this way. And they're terrible. And we're like, no, that's not happening. So I, I would say probably about 75% of the games we play, she's come up with off the top of her head, um, which has been awesome. Um, then after we play the games, we try to unpack what it taught us about the biblical hero for the week. Um, this, uh, today, actually, we're going to deal with uh, one of the most flawless biblical heroes, which made it a little difficult um, for us to work into the actual youth, uh, youth events because he had a lot of strengths and almost no weaknesses. Um, which was very unusual he's uh, we actually had to talk to jay about it in order to and decided in the end to nix him from our group for our initial list but we figured this will be a good one for you guys to try out um, <laughs> yeah so that's uh, the youth is here the adults are encouraged to participate today uh we're going to be working with uh joshua uh we're going to be working with joshua and his uh his greatest strength is definitely his faith Um, So we're going to work on the story, but the first thing I need is all of my youth that are here. Around the building, both in this room and in the hallway outside, it goes up to the the doorway before we head to the hallway to head out the doors. There are, um, I guess you'd call them the the steps. There are pieces of paper that have um, an arrow on them with a part of Jacob's story on it. Uh, sorry, Joshua's story on it. I Yep, yep, Joshua's story. Um, so I need the youth to go find those for me. Yeah, any, any adults that want to help, that would be greatly appreciated because some of them I definitely put in places that some of the youth aren't going to be able to reach. So uh, feel free. It's a little bit of a scavenger hunt. There are seven pieces of paper and one blue brick that I need found. There are three in this room and four out in the hallway. All right, good. So we, we found our first one, so that works. I put that one really plain sight, so I knew we'd have something to show as an example. <laughs> um, so uh, while they're trying to find it, I'm going to start in on the story, so that way we can, we can get into this. Um, so, the Israelites, after leaving e- Egypt, had continually questioned God, and they spent 40 years waiting for the Promised Land. Most of us know that part of the story. Um, when they show up, they sent spies into Canaan and discovered that there were gigantic, scary people there. And when they came back, only one of the spies was willing to uh, say, Yeah, no, we should trust God. And the rest were like, No, 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 we gotta go. And the one, of course, who said, Trust God, uh, sorry, the two, um, So one of our ones that that said it is Joshua. Um, So their leader, Moses, was told that he was not going into the uh, promised land now. Um, He had done too many things that just made it where he had lost that that right. Um, And so Joshua ends up succeeding him. Uh, Joshua, you might remember, like I said, is one of the twelve that was sent in, and he's one of the spies that believed that that God would overcome the Canaanites. So he already had a reputation from the beginning of being faithful. Um, Joshua takes over, he has this task of finally leading them into the promised land, and there's a big wall in his way, quite literally, the wall of Jericho. Um, It's between him and the promised land but God had a plan and he sends the angel to Joshua to explain how they'll overcome the wall. Right. So the battle plan kind of goes as follows. First up, the armed guards march. Second, we'll have the seven priests that are blowing horns follow, followed by the priests that carry the ark, uh, the the ark of the covenant. They're marching third. Uh, followed by the rear guard who makes up the the end of that group. And they're going to march like this one time every day for the next six days. Then on the seventh day, they're going to march around the city seven times. Most of us know this story pretty well. They're going to march around the city seven times. And on the seventh march, all of them are going to shout, blow trumpets, and the wall is going to come down. Perfect battle plan, right? Everybody who's ever, you know, even considered army, you guys know. That's that's how all war works. You just walk around a building and it's going to fall down. Now, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Obviously, uh, as soon as you hear a plan like this, it, it sounds absolutely crazy. Um, if if a general of the, you know, United States Army said that to his men, the men would look at him like he was absolutely nuts and be like, okay, okay. Um, are we really going to do that? And Joshua, on the other hand, had faith. He goes back to the Israelites, convinces them to follow God's plan, doesn't even question it. And, you know, what happens? The wall comes down. Um, Joshua had incredible faith when facing the literal insurmountable wall. Almost insurmountable. Um, and his faith in this battle goes to show two important things about the faithful obedience to God. Uh, but we'll get back to that. Um First, more importantly, what are some insurmountable walls that we might face? Um, feel free to participate here. Some of my kids know this one. So if you guys have any examples in your own life that might be a wall that you might be facing. Oh, the Monday to-do list. I hate the Monday to-do list. I know what you mean there. <laughs> um, what else? Does anybody have other things? Uh, some of them could be pretty simple, like money seems to be one almost everybody faces, right? That's that's a wall that, that we all deal with. Um, just not having enough, not feeling like you have the, the amount that you should be tithing, not feeling like you're going to be able to make it through the month. Um, it depends person to person. Each of us runs into different walls. Uh, for myself personally right now, I, I can honestly say money is not the biggest worry for me right now. But... Naomi and I are still living with her parents, um, which is not something we want to continue to do. It was supposed to be for a year, and we're now on our second year there. Third. Third. There we go. Our third year there. We're on our third. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Apparently Naomi. Um, So we're on our third year there, and in all honesty, uh, for me especially, um, I, I, I honestly couldn't say how Pete and Fiona feel about it, but for me especially, I feel terrible about it. Um, I constantly feel like I need to get out quicker because my own parents had, like, they, they made independence a very important issue in my life. So um, having to rely on others for a home is rough on me. Um, I feel bad being there. I try to stay out of the way. Um, and while, yes, I'm making enough money that we could technically get a home right now at the same time we would then be strapped where I don't know if we'd have you know any extra at the end of the month if anything happened we wouldn't be able to make payments so uh, like that's that's a wall that I'm coming up on it's one that I don't actually have to try to go up against right this second but it's one that I constantly feel like I'm skirting around the edges of waiting for it to fall um you could also have, you know, loss of loved ones. Those, those are huge, and they tend to make a big impact. Um, addiction. My father dealt with addiction from the time he was 22 until I was three years old. Um, he started on the methadone program, and it took him until I was almost 17 before he had been able to actually quit the methadone program as well. Um, but, I mean, he tells me even today, like, you still get the cravings. It's not something that goes away. It's a wall that he faces every single day. Um, and it's it's a difficult one, but, again, with God, he's able to make it through. Um, so you guys don't really have to answer this one because uh, this one's a bit more personal and a bit harder to, to come up with. But you know, have you ever had a, a challenge that uh, that maybe you question? could God actually overcome this one in your life? Is is there actually enough there for you to be able to do it? Or is this something that was a mistake? Um, and I mean, I think if we're being honest, most of us would say yes. And in all honesty, that, that reminds me of <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, I used to love the Veggie Tales. Maybe some of you guys know it. Um it reminds me of the song from the the Battle of Jericho from um, the VeggieTales movie. Uh, so we're actually going to show that one real quick. All right. So um, <laughs> oftentimes we feel like the Israelites, where it, like in the VeggieTales song, that our walls are literally mocking us, like the you, you can't do it, you have no chance. Sometimes you'll actually have real real voices of other people straight out telling you that, you know, that it's just not going to happen. Again, uh, to, to voice my father, um, his story was particularly harsh for him because during his addiction, his entire family refused to speak to him Um, while he was going through recovery. They wanted nothing to do with him. And his own mother told him that she figured that he would end up dead somewhere in an alley. Um, So, Sometimes your walls have others on top of them that just add to the difficulty. Um, so we're going to take a real quick break um, to, to play a game, maybe to help us understand this even better. Uh, so I'm going to need the kids to come up, and I'm going to need everybody in the back rows to scoot that way. As I said, we're, we're bringing the slingshot back out. So to keep people safe, we're going to want to move a little bit. It might be softballs, but I don't think anybody wants to get hit in the face. <laughs> uh, we'll probably start right from about, I think, to be safe, we'll sh- do it from about here, guys. So you guys are going to be here. Miss Naomi and Miss Fiona are helping set up real quick. And slingshot. Where's the slingshot? Ah, there it is. Yep. So, like I said, this uh, slingshot's a three-person slingshot, so I need one person grabbing onto each side who's going to be my two volunteers for my first two hold them. Okay, so somebody take that piece, somebody take this piece. You guys are going to stand on the sides. I need who's my shooter going to be. Go ahead, first person who wants to shoot, come on up. So how many of you guys have played Angry Birds before? How about in the audience? How many of you guys at least know what Angry Birds is, even if you haven't played it? All right, good. I assumed as much, but wanted to check. So you're going to take the ball. It's going to go in here, right? right. You're going to have to hold the ball a little bit. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to have to call it there. He's not a fan of Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So... um <laughs> Uh, originally, I had intended to let this get a chance where after the kids had a shot, the, let any of the adults that wanted to give it a try to come on up, but uh, we're running a little short on time, so I'm going to have to stop that one there. Um, so if we go to our next slide, how does Angry Birds relate to the Wall of Jericho? And this is this is one that we, we stop and we think about and we go, well, it's a wall, <laughs> right? Uh, it's actually, it's a lot more than that, Um Again, how many of you guys have played Angry Birds? Yeah, I figured. And uh, what's the point of the game? Good, to get the pigs with the birds, right? So the, the point of the game is to break down the walls and hit the pigs by shooting birds at the wall. How many of you guys have honestly spent any time actually questioning the logic of that game. I see one or, one or two hands here or there. All right. uh, most of us probably haven't. Uh, the game mechanics of birds destroying walls, not questioned. But knowing, uh, questioning our all-knowing, almighty God's ability to overcome the walls in our life, yeah, we do that all the time. Um, And sure, some of you can say, you know, someone created the game. That's that's how it's supposed to play. That's why we don't question it. I mean, that's how it works. Well, if I remember correctly, God created the whole universe using just his voice. So his word is how our universe works. So if he tells you this is going to work, this is going to work. Um. We can view faithful obedience to God's path for us in the same way that we play Angry Birds. First, we follow the path that was laid out for us. We trust that the makers of Angry Birds made it possible to take down the walls, so we keep playing even when we might fail a level. And in the same way, we can trust that what God calls us to do, even if it takes us out of our comfort zones or what we feel is within our ability, God's plan will work whether we feel like it does or not. And second, we can choose not to let our inability to uh, understand—sorry—we can choose to not let our inability to understand how it uh, it stands in the way of our faithful obedience. We don't argue that it's possible for different birds to have different abilities and blow up walls. And in the same way, our faith has us uh, allows us to know that even when something seems illogical or impossible to us, nothing is impossible when we have God there with us and we when we do it his way. Um, Joshua and Angry Birds <laughs> shows us that God's plan doesn't always make sense to us because his plans don't conform to our human knowledge of what's rational and irrational. Um, it fits the creator's view. Our God is bigger and greater than any of our walls. So whatever we face, we can trust um, that his path through it it's good news, but there's a big po- uh, problem. We're not always like Joshua. We have all just admitted, maybe not out loud, but hopefully to yourselves, that we all have times that when we're given a chance to show our faith, we don't. We go, no, that's not going to work, and turn away. Um we act and we feel more like the Israelites than Joshua who questioned everything and ended up stuck in the desert for 40 years and then still ended up following God's plan and still ended up in the promised land. Um, luckily for us, we don't have to be like Joshua because we have a better Joshua, Jesus, who's gone before us and he left the ultimate security of heaven to face our greatest wall, Death. And he overcame it. Um, Jesus meets us in our moments of weakness when we quake before the walls in front of us, and he reminds us that he will not call us to anything that he can't get us through. And I, I stress that—that that he can't get us through. Not that you can't get through. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you that you're going to find uh, that no wall you reach, you're not going to be able to get through. It's you will never reach a wall that he can't bring you through. And that's an important difference. It's, it's something that we need to stress because it's not through our power, it's through his. Um, it's through his direction, his guidance, and his love that we make it through our walls. And when a wall stands in front of us and seems scary, it's there for a reason. Um, and that's that's just something important. I just wanted to make sure that we definitely touched on Um he'll remind you that he will not call you to anything that he has not already overcome, that he has not already set to be finished. Um, when you understand that Jesus has already overcome all of this for you, you're filled with his faith and the security of knowing that and being able to live out our lives and bless others with that same knowledge. Um, so I'm going to close us in prayer because I've gone a little over my time. Um Dear God, oftentimes in our lives, you bring us before walls that seem insurmountable. Um, and again and again, you, you lead us in the right direction. You remind us of our reliance on you and our dependence in in everything that, that we do that without you it wouldn't be possible. Um I ask you this day to lead all of our congregation members, lead myself included, um, through any of the walls that are before us and help us to remember that you are with us and be able to pass that on to others in our lives, that those that we see that are struggling with walls, instead of us standing like the peas at top, taunting those that are trying to get through, instead realize that that wall might be something that is terrifying to them, even if it was just a hurdle to you. Um, Guide us to walk your path and remember that no matter what we uh, face, you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.